It's Thursday at 11 a.m. And you're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or The Griggs Beat. Let's get into the action. Good morning from Augusta National Golf Club. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me today is Griggs Blankenberg. In honor of the Masters, we're going to be very, very calm and collected throughout today's show. And good morning, everybody. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Talk about killing a vibe. Killing the vibe. But yes, welcome back, everyone. It is the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, your home for all things sports, especially, as Daniel said in the intro, special emphasis on our Tigers here on the Plains. We're not talking much Auburn sports today, not really too, too much going on, but we are talking about basketball, so let's get into it. On Monday night, the UConn Huskies are the national champions. The fifth time in 24 years the Huskies have held up the trophy at the Final Four and cut down the nets, defeating the fifth seed San Diego State University Aztecs 76-59, to capping off one of the most dominant runs in all of March Madness history, not losing a winning every game by 13 or more points. They only led for 50 seconds. They only were trailing for 50 seconds in the second half of any game. That was against Iona. And they, I think, trailed in 13 minutes total March Madness. I'm pretty sure almost all of that was against Iona. Yeah, they dominated. Uh, it was really cool to see. Uh, I've always been a big UConn guy. Like, not like saying I'm a UConn fan, but I've always just liked UConn. Shout out Kimba. Shout out Kimba. So I really, really enjoyed uh, what I saw. And it just, it just dominated. Like it just shows like how like they people were talking about all the things like they weren't ranked in the preseason stuff like that. But it just shows that, like that, when you have that veteran leadership, like it's just so important. I mean, the player of the game, uh, or the player of the tournament was uh, Aname Sanogo, the uh, junior from Bali. He on the national championship game went uh, had ten rebounds, seventeen points, and a block. I mean, and five boards on the offensive side. So that when you're just that consistent, it just makes for an easy game. Shooting forty three percent from the field, held the Aztecs to thirty two percent on. They made 35% of their threes. I agree. They looked good, and it was just – this was probably my favorite NCAA tournament that I can remember, other than Auburn in 2019. Other than UNC in, I think, what, 2018? Yeah, that yeah. was a good one too. Or no, 2017, sorry. That was the one uh, I yeah, enjoyed. The redeemed team, yeah. Beating Gonzaga, who's yeah, still yeah. never been to a Final Four. Um, But then, yeah, that's probably the best one I can remember. Um, Wish Auburn would have gone a little bit farther, but – you gotta you gotta play basketball in the second half to do that, right, Daniel? Or make free throws. Either one will work. Or that one. Or maybe how about both? Yeah. Is that a crazy both. idea? No, not, not at all. Really. Um, but yeah, and then going into the other Final Four matches we had, we had San Diego State in one of the best games I saw in the whole entire tournament, defeating FAU 72-71 on a last-second mid-range jump shot. That was that was electric. That was really really fire. But then you, you just have to tape your cap to the Aztecs. They're the only team in the top twenty-five who, uh, the only team in the Final Four who were ranked to start the season. Mm-hmm. So four of the uh, three of the four teams in the Final Four were not ranked. As Tiger misses another putt. That's, God, this is hard that's, to see. Oh man. Oh well. But you have to tip your cap to San Diego State. I mean, a lot of people had them losing in the first round to um, uh, Furman. Or no, sorry, Charles Charl- Charleston. Yeah, it's me. I'm people. I am people as well. Shout out my friend Ben. But you just got to just – I mean, the, no one – they probably didn't expect themselves to be in this position. No, probably not. But it's just good that we see, like – I like this these tournaments where it's like we get something different. I mean, last year was about as um, 
what's the word? Uh, Predictable. Chalk as you can get almost sure. with Duke, UNC, uh, not really UNC, but Blue Blood as you can get. Duke, UNC, Villanova, and Kansas. Yeah, I just didn't really enjoy it like I did this year because this year it was just the whole like, like the FAU um, San Diego State game was awesome. FAU led the whole game and lost on a buzzer beater. Which now, like, I will heartbreaking, s- but just incredible. I will say I enjoyed that UNC Duke game a lot, but that was awesome. Yeah, I did not enjoy UNC pulling an Auburn in the second half and it's just starting to lose to Kansas that way. But you know, just another great tournament. And then we have to also talk about Miami and UConn, where sure. UConn just again showed their dominance, just did not let up for a minute. Making it closer at the end than it probably should have been. Final score seventy two fifty nine. That does not show at all. That final score does not show at all just how dominant that UConn was in that game. Shot forty nine percent from the field, made thirty four percent of their threes, and just dominated on the boards as well, having 41 boards to Miami's 59, along with nine, nine more assists than they did. Yeah. Um, just very, very interesting tournament. Uh, a lot of really under-radar teams did really, really well, and it was a great year, and I can't wait until November. Can't wait till November as well. But, Daniel, as we wrap up the college basketball se- uh, season, what is, like, one – Thing you word you use to describe this season of college basketball, whether it be from an Auburn perspective or whether it be from a whole outlook on the sport. Oh, I've got it. Huh. Hmm. That's a good one. I'm. I'm gonna go with unpredictable. Sure. We had a lot of different things. I mean, who thought Alabama would be ranked number one in the nation this year coming into this? Not me. Not me. And just other things like UNC, not even getting in the tournament. I mean, to think about it, if UNC would have beaten Bama in that Nike Classic, whatever it was, in four overtimes, we could be having a different talk right now because UNC might have been made the tournament and stuff like that. We could have, and there are teams out there like UNC's one that's just good at playing in the tournament. Like last year, they weren't great, but they snuck into the tournament, and then they went all the, they were the national champion runner-up. So that's just a team. Uh, Hubert Davis, just a really, really good coach, I, I still think. He's got to prove it this next year, though. I oh, feel sure, like, like they're I don't know if you can call a seat hot, but you can definitely call it heating up. Lukewarm, Mike. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's good. But as coming into this next year, I mean, top 25 already been released. Auburn is not on ESPN's top 25. I think that's understandable. Oh, yeah. Like, they wouldn't be on mine. Yeah, and I know some people, Auburn, they had Auburn, some people had Auburn's in there. I just find that a little bit eh right now. It all depends on what happens in the portal. Like, if Auburn gets a lot of, you know, key players in the portal, then, you know, maybe, but... As of now, you only have one signee. Um, a couple important pieces have entered the portal. Or You're still waiting on decisions from people. Still waiting on decisions. A couple guys declared for the NBA draft. Or just one, I think. But still, um, let's talk about that. Okay. Wendell Green. Mm-hmm. Do you think he will get drafted? I'm saying no. I don't think so. No disrespect to Icy Wynn. I love him. I just don't see that happening. I just don't know, man. Like... I don't know. I've seen we've seen guards similar to him be like I'm not gonna say no because I've seen guards similar to him get drafted in the second round. They had similar skill sets. Um, uh, Devonte Graham out of Kansas had a similar mindset to him. He was played with a lot of good players as well. Just I don't know. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say no. I'm just gonna say you have to. He's gonna have to uh, play really well in the combine and stuff. I Sorry think. to cut you off. Justin Thomas almost had an awesome chip for birdie. I'm watching it as well. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think he's got to play like that. And then other people, I mean, I expected, we already talked this last week, I expected Johan to transfer. I didn't really expect Chance to. Now it kind of comes down to what is Wes Flanagan going to do, I think. Yeah, um, I could certainly see a world where he goes and coaches along with Chris Beard at Ole Miss. Then you got to wonder, like, would Allen go to Ole Miss? I'd imagine so, right? I mean, unless I, you would probably go. At I, that, it's hard to see him going to play for another college. I feel like if he's going anywhere, it's declaring for the NBA draft. Yeah, I could see that. It's just, again, it's just so like, I could see him maybe doing the thing where he did last year, like test the portal, mm-hmm. do that, and then decide to um, um, go, but. I just don't know. There's just a lot of uncertainty with this team right now. Yeah, uh, uncertainty is certainly the word. If you had to say right now the people who are confirmed coming back, who would our starting lineup be right now? You'd have um, – so it would be um, – right now, it's just besides Aiden. So I guess we go Aiden at the one. Aiden at the one, Trey at the two. Um, has Jay Will decided? Okay, no. no. Um, Broom at the five. Um, but we don't really have a three or four right now. No, yeah, that's the thing. Like as of now, I guess Dylan Cardwell at the four, or maybe swap him and Broom. I don't know. Uh, I don't really like that, but that's kind of just what it looks like right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, we just don't. I don't really see us having a th- a three or four right now. I mean, because we don't know what's gonna happen with Allen. We don't know what's no. gonna happen with uh, Jay Will. We just don't. No, we don't have anyone coming in yet for the portal. We only, as you said, we only have one person signed for next year. So yeah, um, I definitely think the three and four are going to be portal guys, and if they're not, Auburn will have a very down year. If this was a down year, it'll be a very down year next year. It just, it just stinks, man. Just like, I get this is the new world of college basketball, but it's just like, I mean, if you don't get minutes immediately, guys are leaving. Yeah, um, which makes me like wonder, like once Chance said he's leaving, and then now Wynn's gone. Just does that change anything a little bit? Change like what exactly? Like his outlook. Like I always thought that he was not going to come back because he they said Wynn's going to be our number one guy. That's why. That's what kind of my opinion was on that matter. I don't know. Um, that's a good question. It's a good question. Tweet us and let us know what you think. If you do feel so inclined, but. I don't know. I think it's gonna be it can be exciting. It's gonna be an interesting year next year at college basketball. I think we'll see the return of Duke to prominence now with John Shire's second year in power there. I think UNC will reload a little bit. Bama's not gonna be as good as they were last year. Kentucky, I think, is gonna return to the top echelon. So I think it's gonna be more of a cut and uh, run of the mill season next year in college basketball. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. It's just gonna kind of be less like you know, the craziness of this year to where, you know, teams that no one expected to win the national championship. I think a blue blood will win next year. Blue blood will win next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think that's about it for college basketball today. There's just not really a ton of content. Yeah, that's going to do it for our talk this year on college basketball. If anything Auburn comes up in the rest of the semester, we'll let you know about it. But coming up next, we have our NBA and NHL talk, talking standings. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty of it all. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. 
welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me today is Craig Splankenberg. We opened up this show on beautiful Masters Thursday with a recap of the Final Four and kind of our final thoughts on the 2022-2023 college basketball season. And now, we're going to keep it on the hardwood and then we're going to get over to the rink as we're going to talk NBA and NHL. Yes, let's start it over in the NBA. First off, let's go to the standings. The Milwaukee Bucks have clinched the number one overall seed and the best league record in the NBA. They are the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference and the league, finishing with a record of 58 and 22. There's a few more games this weekend. Followed them are the Boston Celtics, who are currently three games behind them, two and a half games above the third seed, Philadelphia 76ers, then followed by the Cleveland Cavaliers the Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets and the Heat are right now are currently battling for the last automatic playoff bid. The Brooklyn Nets are a game and a half above the Heat. And then the teams that have clinched the postseason, the play-in berth, are the Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors, and the Chicago Bulls. Orlando, Indiana, Washington, Charlotte, and Detroit are all out. That's tough for Orlando. I thought this was going to be the year. It was, but then... You can't be 34 and 45 and get in the playoffs. No, probably not. No. Moving on to the Western Conference, clinching the conference is the Denver Nuggets with a record of 52 and 27. They are currently two and a half games above the Memphis Grizzlies, who are the two and a half games above the Sacramento Kings. The Suns have also clinched the play in berth, the playoff berth, as well as the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors are still in the play automatic play in. They are both tied right now at 42 and 38. They're only a game above the Lakers and the Pelicans. So there's a lot of leeway that could still be had. The Lakers, Pelicans, Timberwolves, and Thunder are currently in the playing games. Following them are the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz. Mavericks are legit tied right now with Oklahoma City. They one-game swing could make a huge difference. And then the Jazz probably can't lose the rest of the way, and they need some stuff to go their way. Yeah, they do. Uh, it'd be awesome to see if the Jazz could get in. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I wouldn't mind seeing the Mavericks not make it. That'd be kind of funny. I just, I really dislike Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. He's not the greatest. Well, He's you the you have experience with them. Yes. But, yeah, I can understand why I just, like, I don't think he's the reason for their coll- collapse. I don't. I don't know. I mean, he he's... Not good for any team's culture, but that's not the end-all be-all in the pro sports. I guess you're right, yeah. But it would be nice if your two superstars could be getting along. But that now always I, helps. Now my question is, they still Luca's still not yet been paid, so what's that going to do with his decision then? I don't know. Because like, every year I feel like Dallas is at this point where it's like you feel like they're about to take that next step, make that deep playoff run, and then something like this happens, and like they're most likely – or there's a – a 50-50 chance they don't even make the play-in right now. So if that happens, I definitely feel like he's going to be harder for uh, Dallas to keep before he hits the free agent market. Yeah, you're right. It's just, I mean, they've. I think they've talked about keeping Kyrie. But, yeah, I just... Personally, for me, that would be a deal-breaker. Yeah, but you just got him. He's still really good. Like what you're saying, it's the pro sport. He's really good still. Did Hovland just end up on the different hole? 
I don't know. I think you're a little bit ahead of me. Uh, you look like it. Yeah. Ouch. Looks like it. Not great, but yeah, I'm just the Mavericks are just confusing. Kind of reminds me of the Lakers last year. Mm-hmm. Nothing really worked. The Lakers are now starting to turn around. They were right where the Mavericks were a couple weeks ago, but now they're starting to figure out. But in the NBA, also, I think right now MVP, I'm pretty sure is just, uh, everyone's saying if it's not Embiid, it's rigged. Yeah, as a Celtics fan, it should be Embiid. Yeah, I'm starting to lean more towards it being Embiid. I think that'd be wrong, really, if it wasn't. But I mean, I can understand the Joker's part in it, like he's like high up in all the other statistics, but not really the scoring one. Too I just, much. I just don't see them giving it to the same guy for a third year in a row. Yeah, yeah, we kind of talked about it a lot on the last week's show a little bit, where they just couldn't kept keep giving. You would it have to, to. It would have to be without a shadow of a doubt. They kept. Giving it to um, you couldn't just keep giving it to like uh LeBron, right? Or no, sorry, uh, LeBron or Jordan. I think yeah. mainly Jordan's when they started like, okay, we guys, we can't just keep giving it to him. But that's what you got right there. Moving over to the NHL now, the Boston Bruins have clinched the best record in all of National Hockey League. They have won the Presidents Cup. Which Daniel, let's talk about that for a second. Are you a little worried about that? There's not been a President's Cup winner to win the Stanley Cup since the 2013 Chicago Blackhawks. Or the 2022 Colorado Avalanche? Mm, I don't believe. Hold on. There was a graphic the other day. I remember the Avalanche. I think. Hold on. There was a graphic last. I don't think they did it. They I don't might. I who else it would have been last year. Well, anyways. Yeah. Um, Are you worried about. Oh, let's just say for this. Let's say it's two in the last, what, 10 years. Are you worried about that? I mean, a little bit. But at the same time, like, this team is this team. Um, I know who they are. They know who they are. Um, they are ultra confident. No, last year the Panthers won it. So oh, it was, that's right. So okay. it was still the Blackhawks, the last team to win both, the President's Cup, President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup. Well, I mean, it's hard, but it's not impossible. But the NHL playoffs are going to be hard for anyone. Um, you know, this way, the Bruins start off with, I think, think they'll play like either the Panthers or the Sabres first, depending on who ends up taking that fourth spot in the Atlantic. And then they'll play the winner of Maple Leafs Lightning. And like that's just a lot more ideal than, you know, having to play like So the um so the Lightning then. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it looks like we'll have the Panthers first round, Lightning second round, and then my guess I think I think the Devils are going to pull it off over the Hurricanes and get out of the Metropolitan, and I think we'll take them on in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then in the Stanley Cup Finals, I think it's going to be Bruins versus former Bruins coach Bruce Cassidy. For as a Bruins fan, what do you think your hardest matchup is in the Eastern Conference? What's the matchup you don't want to see at all? Well, okay, so... We played Tampa in the 2020 bubble and lost in six games. Mm-hmm. I We just kind of struggle with them, so I feel like that would be tough. I'm not going to say Carolina, and I know this will be the fourth playoff series between the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Like They've played in the playoffs every year minus 2021 since 2019. 2019, the Bruins swept them in the Eastern Conference Finals. 2020, the Bruins won in five in the first round in the bubble. Um, 2021 we didn't play in 2022 we played them in the first round and um, lost in seven games but the home team didn't lose a single game in that series which I really feel like is what it came down to Um, the Bruins will have home ice through the playoffs the road to the Stanley Cup runs through Boston 
and that is just ideal for this Bruins team. So with that being said, I still think it'll be Tampa, but that Carolina series will be tough and probably will go to seven games. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I see it being, I don't know, something about the Maple Leafs, though. If they could just get out that first round and go on a run, that then they get fully healthy with Austin Matthews, really. That's interesting. But you talked about this before this year. This is the you, what you thought is the Bruins' last shot with this core. Sure. Um, like Bergeron, I don't know what his future holds. Krejci's back this year. I don't know what his future holds. Uh, Marshawn's getting older. You know, Pasternak's starting to get – he's probably on, like, the very beginning of the downward slope at this point. And they have done – like, they've locked up Hampus Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy, some young defensemen. So there is a blueprint for a new core. Um, Guys like, you know, Nick Foligno looks like he could be part of that. So I don't think the Bruins won't be, like, a playoff contender next year, but – to actually, you know, because there are two tiers. There are teams that get into the playoffs, and then there are teams that can do something in the playoffs. So I really feel like this is the Bruins' last shot for, you know, like probably four or five years to be one of those teams that you're like, okay, they could win this thing. Sorry, I was watching Cam Young almost got in from the fairway. Um, But, yeah, I kind of agree with what you're saying on that. Um, Hurricanes wrapped up – or. Close to wrapping up the Metropolitan. I don't know how many more games they have left. Seventy. How many games are playing in the NHL? Eighty-two. Eighty-two. So they are currently. Um, they have a game in hand over the Devils. They are at seventy-seven. So they got five more left, but they're th- currently three points above. Oh, and the Bruins play Leafs tonight. Mm. Um, not talking about this anymore. We'll go back in a minute. Uh, Colorado tied currently with Dallas and Minnesota in the West Conference. So there could be a three-way run. The top of the central division right now. Both all three at ninety-eight. Colorado's finally turned around both me and Daniel's preseason prediction to win the cup. Uh, going down a little bit more, we have the Knights, Oilers, and the Kings clinched from the Pacific. That's still going to be close there. Knights are only a ga- a point above the Edmonton Oilers. And then going into the wild card currently right now. Um, the Panthers and the Islanders currently are in the wild card for the at Eastern Conference. They are the Islanders are one point, and the Panthers are both tied at 87, one point above the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then that looks like all that could get in. The Buffalo Sabers are 81 points, as well as the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings. So it looks like it's going to be one of those three teams: the Panthers, Islanders, or the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Talking about a team with one of their last runs with that core. Yeah, this is it for Pittsburgh. I think next year's year they finally blow it up. Um, all right, let's move down into the Western Conference now. The wild card spots are still up for grabs. Currently, the Kraken are the number one wild card right now with 94 points. And then the Winnipeg Jets are number two. They are currently tied with the Calgary Flames at about 89 points. And Nashville's sitting on the outside currently right now. Still got a few more games to be played over since Calgary has 79. They have 77. They're at 86 points. So, really is coming down to the wire in the National Hockey League. Current points leader is, of course, Connor McDavid, who's going to win that title. 148 points. Drysidle second, 123. Kucherov, 107. Pasternak, 103. Matthew Traduk of Florida Panthers at 103 as well. McDavid's going to win the goals battle over Pasternak, who's in second. Drysidle's in third. Ranton in fourth. Point in fifth. And then finally, plus minus, it's basically the Bruins show still. Grizzlick, Lindholm, and Carlo. And one, two, and three. 
I say this every week. I'll say it again. Brandon Carlo being on this list just points out how pointless this stat is. <laughs> and I think that's going to wrap it up for our NHL talk. Did you talk about the goalies? Oh, it's the Yolmark show. Olmark yep. show. This, sure is. There you go. And that's talking goalies on the Eagles' nest. When we come back, that is going to do it for this. Segment. When we come back, talking a little bit of footy, talking a little bit of soccer in the world. A lot of stuff going on right now. We'll get you caught up. You're listening to the Eagles' nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles' nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. And Griggs and I, over the break, decided to form our very own Super League. And then quickly disbanded a week later. Yes. But, yes, we're talking soccer currently. Let's go through the Premier League standings real quickly before we get into a lot of news going on. Let's start at the top. Arsenal are still in first place at 72 points, 29 games played, 23 wins, followed by Man City in second at 64 points, Newcastle United at 53, Manchester United fourth in 53 points as well, following them is Tottenham Hotspur at 50 points. Then getting out of Europe, we go to Brighton at 46 points, Aston Villa 44, Liverpool 43, as well as Brentford at 43. Fulham is in 10th, 39. Chelsea's in 11th <laughs> at 39. Crystal Palace in 12th at 30. Leeds in 13th at 29. Wolves 14 at 28. West Ham United at 15 with 27 points, as well as Everton. Newcastle, Bournemouth are all at 27 points, so that's 16, 17, 18, and 19 all at 27. And then we have Lee, uh, Leicester at 19th, currently with 25 points, and Southampton at the bottom with 23. I'm glad that Everton's kind at this point. I mean, obviously this could change because they're still tied for being in a spot, but at this point they've climbed out of the relegation uh, area. A little bit, but they still got a ways to go, especially since all these teams are tied like 27. Yeah, Crystal Palace is very close. Get a win, win or two more, and you should be okay. Just got to stay above that kind of just like yeah. danger threshold since it ends a little bit like late-ish May, I'm pretty sure, I think. But that's not the big news of the week. The big news of the week was Chelsea sacking Graham Potter. The manager had been in charge at Chelsea for around six months, taking over for Thomas Tuchel, who they, in my opinion, let go a little bit too early. But now coming back to the club is former Chelsea manager Frank Lampard, who was let go earlier this year by Everton. So they are using Frank Lampard as a temporary manager on the bench until they find a new manager, which will probably be the former Bayern manager, Niles Hagelman. Yeah, um, obviously Chelsea. Or Julian Nagelsmann, sorry. Very good. Obviously Chelsea had a ton of hype coming into the season. It just hasn't panned out at all. Um, everything that could go wrong has go wrong, so they felt the need to make a change. You know, the manager, uh, the owner of Chelsea, the Dodgers owner. So oh, really? So throwing all this money, he's doing the Dodgers method. The group that owns the Red Sox owns Liver- part of Liverpool, I think. Yeah, the Fenway like Sports Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, the uh, Bowley's taking a page out of the Dodgers book and just trying to buy everyone for that sure. one championship that doesn't really count. No one right. counts it. So, and it's not really working. That's not really how soccer potentially works. You can buy all the people you want and never win in Europe. I mean, look at Man City. They've still not done it. Look at PSG. Exactly. Look at Yeah, look at PSG. That's a great example, Daniel. Just they've never won the Champions League. Sure, you can beat up on your teams in France, but once you get to Europe, you're not really doing too much. No. Um, and, you know, like Europe is the best continent in the world in this sport. 
Um, so it's just kind of, it's a different, it's a different thing, you know. And that's one thing that gets me is when people who own a sports team try to own a different sports team in another like sport and try to run it the same way. Like, no, th- these are different games. Like, you have to do different stuff. So, hopefully he'll learn his lesson or not. I mean, I really don't care. I mean, I kind of hope it implodes. That'd be funny, too. <laughs> it but kind of is, a little bit. That's fine. Um, But Crystal Palace, man. It's just <laughs> been very, very... I feel like the whole year, they, they've just gone in a cycle of win, draw, 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 lose, win, draw, 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 lose. I feel like that's just been the cycle this year. I mean... That's not bad. Like, you won't get relegated doing that, but you're not also going to climb into the top five. Um, you're not going to make the Champions League or the Europa mm-hmm. League doing that, which is, you know, kind of where you're trying to get. Yeah, they're not going to do that this year. I think their just main goal is to just stay above that little – Sure. That 12-11 mark. You just got to get stay in that 11th spot. For me, I would be happy if they could climb into the top ten. Like, that. that's my goal for Crystal Palace this year with what little uh, balls left. Yeah, I think you could just you could do that. I just need a little bit to go your way, kind of like I was saying earlier. You just need to just win now and just get to like the place where you can be just in a safe position. Sure. Um, what else in the world of soccer can we talk about? Um, Bayern Munich losing the in the round, uh, the most recent round of the DFP Bokal to Freiburg, the FA Cup of Germany. Very early exit for Bayern. Uh, Benzema has a hat trick against Barcelona yesterday. They win that one, I believe, 4-0 over Barcelona. Real over them. Um, what else can we go? Oh, Messi's moved to Saudi Arabia, potentially. The they want the Saudi Arabian League wants to recreate the Messi-Ronaldo rivalry that was had at Real Madrid and Barcelona to now be in Saudi Arabia with Al-Hilal, I think that's how you pronounce it, the, the rivals of Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nassar, uh, when his contract expires with PSG, they want to take him on. And they reportedly offering, I believe, around $439 million a, a year for Messi. Um, and more of around a 350 million euro uh, or pound million a package, a year, million a year package with Al Halal. That would. Yeah, that would be interesting because remember a couple of um, I think around the summer of last year, there were talks of him, Messi, potentially going to MLS when his contract was up with PSG, taking mm-hmm. part ownership in uh, Inter-Miami, which is where the club's founded by David Beckham. So, And now that's really gone out the window a little bit more now. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was really hoping that would happen because mm-hmm. then it'd be possible for me to go watch Messi play, which would just be a surreal experience. Um, just kind of one thing, this is unrelated, I wanted to point out, just for both national pride and fairness, the United States women's national team is currently first in the historic She Believes Cup. I'm pretty sure that's over. Well, they what? They won, They're yes. them. They're her. They're her, yeah. I'm worried about them going into this next World Cup this year, though, just because, like, I don't know, you just don't have that much dominance at the top in soccer for too, too long. No, um... It'd be really cool to see them kind of make a run because, you know, the, the men's team had their best World Cup in how long? In- they tied their run in 2014. Right. So after not even being there in 2018, they got out of their group, which was kind of the way I understood it was a success. 
Uh, they won a game out of the group, right? No. They... Okay, no. Um, yeah, but... The, the U.S.'s goal is to get out of the group stage. Sure. That's the goal. So I feel like if the women can do that as well and maybe win one game um, out of the group, that'd be a success. I think with the women, the expectations are higher now. they got to get out of the group. I think they have to make it to the final, the semifinals at least. But now teams are starting to just catch up to the U.S. women's national team where it's just not a cakewalk anymore. Like They're having to face teams that are better. Like The English national team beat them over the summer last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Australian women's team is pretty good. Uh, the Japanese women's team is still really good. Um, so you just have these people who are also just really good and they just you just need to just keep going with that. I think they can make the final four. Do I think they're gonna three peat? I that's no. a hard thing to do. And so I'm not gonna give that my stamp of approval yet. But that'd be cool if they did. I'm rooting for yeah. that, of course. But I don't know. Three in a row in in a competition that's held every four years is very hard to do. Yeah, that's that's twelve years of dominance, quite literally. Quite literally. Other stuff in the world of soccer we can talk about what's going on this weekend in the um in the soccer world uh let's see on uh there's no premier league matches on friday on saturday united takes on everton at 6 30 a.m in the morning my goodness am i gonna have to wake up early i believe i am that's gonna be a rough one um yeah bag before the uh, frank thomas statue mailing which is at 10 a.m central time if you're in the auburn opelika area if you want to come out to that Feel free to if you feel so inclined. Frank Thomas, I believe, will be there. I, he will be, yes. I imagine he'd be there if you're getting a statue. Dude, have you seen the veins on that thing? No, I saw Ethan's picture with the trash bag over it. Oh, man. It, that went viral. That was funny. The veins are crazy. Um, The uh, Aston Villa takes on Norwich, or no, sorry, takes on Nottingham Forest at 9 a.m. on Saturday, as well as Brentford versus Newcastle and Fulham West Ham at the same time, which also the same time as Leicester, Bournemouth, Tottenham, Brighton, Wolves, Chelsea, and then rounding it out is Southampton versus Manchester City. And Sunday, it is Leeds United versus Crystal Palace at 8 a.m. on Easter Sunday, followed by a Liverpool hosting Arsenal at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. I'll be listening to this game. Like I'll pull up the broadcast on my phone, plug it in my car, and I'll be listening to the broadcast while I drive up to Birmingham. That's a bit. That'd be a big swing right there if they could win that one. That'd be awesome, especially with Leeds being in the position they are too right now. Currently, really coming down to it in the Premier League, I believe. Um, when's the next round of Champions League action? It's hard when I'm having split screen right now to watch golf as well to figure this out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's the Champions League. Let's check the schedule on that. The next Champions League match is on. Uh, Tuesday the 11th, it is Benfica at hosting Inter Milan and Manchester City hosting Bayern Munich. And then the next day, Wednesday, April 12th next week, it is AC Milan versus Napoli and then Real Madrid hosting Chelsea at the at the Bernabeu in Madrid. I love Madrid. You do? No. No? Oh. If I had to pick a La Liga team, it would probably be... Uh, I'm gonna take Malaroca. Hmm. That's and the only reason that's the case is I just learned how to roll my R's in Spanish class. So I just wanted to show off for all of our listeners. That's pretty good. Thank you. I think that's gonna do it for our soccer talk, though. I think that is gonna do it. You know, um, that'll just give us a little few extra minutes for the next thing, which is 
MLB, NFL, even better. Gotta love it. NFL, NFL's king. So when we come back, we're talking about the world of the National Football League. Do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is my really, really good friend, Griggs Blankenberg. And if you didn't know, Griggs and I were in the same geography class last semester, and we both made really, really good grades in there because we know everything there is to know about where things are located. We know globe. We know globe. We know globe. But now we're back over across the pond. It's time to talk about football. Currently, the NFL draft is, I believe, a little under a month away. The Pan- I'm excited. The Panthers are on the clock in Kansas City. It will be the first round. And currently, the question is, which quarterback do the Panthers take? It's been everywhere. I've seen Panthers is, I believe, down to Young and Stroud, but it's got to be Stroud, right? I mean, I want it to be Stroud. Yeah, I Stroud want, is king. I want it to be Stroud. The uh, Bryce Young has faced better competition. I'll give him that. He's performed better in certain scenarios. However, the height is a little bit of a factor, I think. And while they both had really good receiving cores, and College, I think that he could. Uh, sorry, I'm watching Cam Young. He just hit it over <laughs> the green. Um, turn the masses off for a second. Um, I just like Stroud. He's more the traditional quarterback, like kind of build, like I want to have, where he's still mobile, but he's more built to just take hits. Because I'm not gonna lie, Bryce Young definitely had one of the best offensive lines in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his left and right, his left tackle and right tackle felt like we're getting drafted every year. Mm-hmm. However, that is not the case with the Carolina Panthers. You do not want that. No. Um, currently, they have Bryce Young as the number one best player overall. I mean, I want CJ. I think that's what most Panthers fans are kind of leaning towards. Just, I mean, the five inches of height can be a big difference over that offensive line, especially with like the way we've seen Kyler Murray play some or play Call of Duty, however you want to say it. <laughs> Just, yeah, I want Stroud. I think you don't trade up there to take a risk on a guy who like a, a little bit of like a thing, but. If we get Bryce, I mean, he's been doubted his – I mean, no, he's not been doubted his whole career. He was Gatorade Player of the Year in California and then won the Heisman. But, you know, just – I want Stroud. That's where, that's my position on it. If we draft Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, God forbid, Hendon Hooker, I will, I will not be on the show the next day. <laughs> so how important is it for the Panthers to get this right? Oh, it is 100% imperative. This is going to be the defining – this is going to be the def- defining moment – for the franchise in the next four to five years because you leverage your future a little bit. You don't have a first-round pick next year. You don't have one in um, – you don't have a second-rounder uh, in 2025. Just you need to get this one right. You gave up DJ Moore, who's your best receiver. You kept Brian Burns and Derek Brown, which is what I think thought was imperative for you to do. You've reloaded on the offensive side. So you got Adam Thielen, who I really like. They just couldn't keep him in Minnesota because they're about to have to pay Justin Jefferson. Absolutely give him the bag. And then they got DJ Chark. And then you got um, Hayden Hurst, a tight end, which I think is a good move too because we've been lacking tight, a tight end strength ever since Greg Olson left a couple years ago. So I think it is really imperative you hit on this one. I think we filled up what we a lot of what we need non-draft and free agency, so that's good. You don't have to rely too much on the draft and as you did in years past to fill position holes. But since you don't have the, all the picks, but yeah, you gotta get you got to get this one right. It is very, very important. Yeah. Um, as far as my team, I think we have the 27th pick. I, I want to say that's right. 
Um, I really haven't thought too, too much about what I'd like to see us do with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. The receiver room set, um, we went O-line last year as well as receiver. Um, goodness, man. I, I don't really know. Maybe, like, maybe if one of these quarterbacks just kind of fall. Oh, wait, no, we don't need, we got Derek Carr. Um, maybe, like, a tight end uh, would be okay. Um, Adam Troutman's all right, but just not on the level of where I'd like. O-line would be fine by me. D-line, anything defense. I think you could go for a tight end, especially with the position you have in the first round. Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Yeah. Or Darnell Washington's a beast out of Georgia. I mean, not the best. He wasn't even the best tight end at Georgia. He's still the third. If there's an Ohio State tight end in this draft, just go get him because those guys tend to work out well for us. Not seeing any down on the list Darn it. this year. Um, but, yeah, then you could look at, like, an offense attacker like Peter uh, Sharonsky out of Northwestern, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State, just that. Another question I want to bring up to you is the point that's so – I think one of the few good points Mel Kiper makes nowadays is Hendon Hooker. So Hendon Hooker had that ACL injury. He was one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Now, he brought up the point that was this. He's skeptical in teams drafting Hendon Hooker, and I kind of tend to agree with him because here's why. Because they put in Joe Milton, if you remember Daniel, after that happened. All and right. they destro- destroyed all capital letters Clemson in the Orange Bowl with Joe Milton, a quarterback who left Michigan to go to Tennessee. So do you think that really means that Hendon Hooker was just because there was no Hendon Hooker did not perform like this at Virginia Tech at all? No. He did not. not. So is Josh Heupel more of a quarterback coach now? He's like this where his offense benefits the quarterback, more like a like a Kyle Shanahan of college. So were you skeptical of a team drafting Hendon Hooker then? Huh. Um, I'm going to say no because you have the film. Um, and then, you know, if Heupel did it, surely there's another NFL coach that, you know, thinks that they could, you know, make some magic happen there. So, no, I um, I think he would be a good fit for somebody, maybe with like a second-round pick. Like, I don't think – like, if I'm an NFL GM, like if I'm – who's the GM of the Panthers? Um, I know. I was about to say the Hornets. Um. Scott Fitterer. If I'm Scott Fitterer, I'm not gonna. That's not the guy I'm gonna go with to, like, turn my future around. That's gonna mm-hmm. be C.J. Stroud. But you know, if I'm, uh, let's see. Oh, if I'm Mickey Loomis in New Orleans, and I've went and made a, uh, I went and got a franchise quarterback or a guy who I think's gonna be in that role in free agency, and I'm looking for like a solid backup. Sure. Yeah, I don't think he's – I think he'll maybe a first quarterback taken in the second round maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Something like that. Um, Others just stuff related to the NFL. Um, There was some uh, – we didn't talk about this all last week. Lamar Jackson oh, requesting good. a trade from the Baltimore Ravens on March 2nd. is currently now April 6th. That news came out I think a week and a half ago. So, Lamar Jackson – you made this team not have a lot of leverage to trade you now. What's going to be the case? What's what's going to happen with Lamar? Because as soon as Lamar got non-tendered, all these teams that were in Lamar are out. And now here's why. The non-tendered franchise tag means, let's use this example, the Falcons could offer Lamar a contract, and the Ravens would be able to match it, and they keep him. And then if the Ravens didn't want to match it, the Falcons could take him, but they'd have to give him their next two first-round picks. So I understand them not wanting to do that. Now, however... Lamar Jackson does not currently have an agent. He does it himself. So that means 
he is negotiating on his behalf to all these NFL teams. Now, the question is, when that comes time to very closer to the season, what's that going to mean for him? And where do you think what do you think is going to happen with Lamar Daniel? That's a good question. Um, I, I wish I had an answer, but I think good. No, keep going. Oh man, um, I just still I don't want this to happen because you know you you and I both don't like the Falcons, but just I see him in a Falcons uniform somehow, some way. It's just the thing is just like. The point I brought up was someone saying that they someone may do it after the draft and then give him two first-round picks, not this year's, because you don't want to give up all this leverage that you have for the future. I could see that. But then again, like I'm thinking like the two things I could think would benefit the most from Lamar right now currently are Washington and Atlanta. Oh, for sure. I just – I get why – he's like skeptical. Like, why are people talking about my injuries? Um, You sat out like, like the last four or five games of this last season – You've had some injury problems in the past. Like, you're not getting – no one's really going to take a fully guaranteed contract on a quarterback that's injured. I think that's sure. what's hindering his ability to sign a new contract with the Ravens and as well as negotiate with other teams. Yeah, and um, actually I think I've kind of figured out while you were talking what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think they're just kind of, kind of just – Lamar and the Ravens are going to agree to a one-year extension, and then we'll just go through this whole process again next year. Which would then he'll be a free agent. They can, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I could see that. I don't think he'll take the Le'Veon Bell route and sit out. I don't think so either. I don't I think. I think he's too young. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, but the Ravens just, they're not, I mean, your best receiver next year is going to be Nelson Aguilar. Oh, boy. And, you know, Lamar the, already struggles. That, with that, he said he told the Ravens he wanted to trade on March 2nd. The only trade they made since then or got something to happen then was, like, Nelson Aguilar. If I'm Lamar, I'm like, get me out of here right now. I do. You're giving me Nelson Aguilar to try to keep me in this franchise. No. Let me leave. Yeah. Oh. There's just some moves that really make you scratch your head. Now, the question is, if they don't, if they move on from Lamar, do you roll with Huntley this year as, like, a bridge quarterback hoping to get, like, a um, – a Drake May or um, a Caleb uh, or a Caleb Williams next year, or do you roll with a, a first round a quarterback this year in the draft, depending on where pick you get? That's a good question because you're not going to get one of the top two. You're not going to yeah. get a, a Young or a Stroud, but I, I think you got to go the bridge route. Um, maybe either just kind of use a second or third round pick on the quarterback, or just get a cheap quarterback in free agency. Just kind of go into the season knowing you're not going to be very good and then try to have like a top five pick and then get a quarterback at that point in time. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, just, I mean, their defense is still really good enough to on the other side. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like 2019 Auburn. It's a shame to see that defense go to waste. Yeah, it really is. Cause uh, your Panthers guy, Derek Brown, he led the charge on that team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, yeah, Derek Brown did not do too well the first two years in the NFL. He's gotten into it last year. He yeah. wanted to be made his money this last year, so he'll get a deal soon. Just, yeah, I mean, the Ravens' defense has been really good. John Harbaugh's got, like, one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL, along with Belichick, Tomlin, and now himself. So he's doing something right to keep that. But a little anything else in the NFL. We talked about this earlier. Tyreek Hill saying he'll walk away from the NFL after the 2025 season. How believable does that sound? That just sounds like something you tweet randomly, like on a Thursday morning. 
I just don't see that happening. I don't either. I just can't. Also, the Raiders are turning into uh, New England West, signing Brian Hoyer as the quarterback, also adding Danny Amendola to the staff. So no way. Josh McDaniels is either going to swim, uh, sink or swim trying to turn the Ravens into the Patriot way, which it'll be very fun to watch either way. Yeah. Um, and now they have a more handsome Derek Carr. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot Jimmy G's their quarterback now. That's crazy. Um, Do you think that McDaniels went after him because, you know, they were together in New England? I think that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. I think that's also why Brady was linked to the Ravens a lot under that and just all this other stuff. Just being around there. Just, I just, NFL is just awesome, man. Just always just ran. Like, that's what I like about the NFL. It's never, well, besides the Chiefs right now, but. It's not as mount as parody as it is college basketball. Just it's so much more better than the college games because it can be anyone's year. Now it can't just be the four teams. Like for goodness sakes, um, the ba- the Bengals and the Rams were in the playoff, the championship game last year or two years ago. Now, but yeah, I just don't really know what like other stuff really talk about in the NFL. I think is that gonna be it. Um. Or do we have anything else? Because we have a few more minutes before break. Yeah, I mean, I think that's largely it. Um, what? Just, oh, let's do this one more thing. Let's try to sure. get, take another minute. Which Auburn player do you think is the first taken? It's got to be D Hall, right? Um, D Hall is the only potential first rounder I could see. Uh, I think Tank will go second or third. Owen will go second. Um, so I think it'll be Tank, Owen. No, excuse me. I think it'll be D Hall. Owen Papo, then Tank Bixby. Can't remember on who's best available this is, but Derek Hall is the first arm player at 68. Oh, goodness. He's the first, ta- uh, the, the 68th best available, according to which either Mel Kuyper or. I'm trying to think else. teams that need. Colby Wooden's 102. And I'm trying to see if I can find uh, Owen on this list. Not really seeing him just yet, but continue talking. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm tr- looking for the. Oh, Owen's 171. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the draft order here, and like I see the Texans. Obviously, they need everything, but Dial's not going to overall. Um, if you still have that pulled up, would you mind seeing how highly ranked the first defensive lineman is? Sure can do. The best available defensive lineman is um, Tyree Wilson of Texas Tech, who's number one for the defense. Derek Hall is the 10th best defensive end, according to this list. Okay. So, first round's probably a stretch. Um, I could see Dial going mid-second round, so I think. I think so, too. I think that's a good one. And then uh, linebacker Owens, the 11th best inside linebacker, according to ESPN. I could see that. It's just the thing with him, Just he just didn't play too much. Like, we did not see yeah. we did not see 2021 20, Owen before Penn State after that, after right. the season. Just, we just didn't really see – flashes because we just didn't really have it on the offensive side what made the defense not look as good yeah and he, he was a difference maker uh, when he was able to play um but yeah just injuries kind of plagued at the end of his career but he had so much potential and I still think he has a lot of potential to be an amazing football player mm-hmm. that is going to do it for our first half of the show when we come back we're talking major league baseball do not go anywhere you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM 
As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And that is how I feel about my beloved Boston Red Sox getting swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. You feel like you got deep drive to left field by Castellanos? Yeah, and it was a home run. And we're back. Second hour of the show, the Eagles Nest, talking MLB. Now let's go ahead and start with the rankings. First in the American League East, the only undefeated team left in all of baseball is the Tampa Bay Rays sitting at 6-0 and with a 31-run differential there at the top of the East, followed by the New York Yankees, 4-2. and Blue Jays and Orioles are tied at 3-3, three and three, and the Boston Red Sox are in last in the East at 2-4. and four. Uh, It's like we never even left. Moving into the Central, we have the Guardians in first place, 5-2, and two, followed by the Twins, 4-2, White Sox, 3-3, three and three, Tigers, 2-4, and four, and the Kansas City Royals at 1-5. and five. I guess it could always be worse. It could always be worse. Uh, moving on to the West, the, the Texas Rangers are in first place at 4-2, and two, followed closely by the Angels, who are also at 4-2. Then it goes the Houston Astros, who are three and four. Oakland A's are two and four, and the Mariners are two and five. Yikes! Moving on to the National League, we have the Atlanta Braves, who are at five and one, top of the NL East, followed by the Mets at three and four, Marlins at three and four, and then the Phillies and Nationals are last with at one and five. Moving to the Central is the Milwaukee Brewers, who are at 5-1. Their only loss came on opening day to the Chicago Cubs. Followed them closely are the Pittsburgh Pirates. Third are the Cincinnati Reds, 3-2. Chicago Cubs, 2-3. And and the St. Louis Cardinals at 2-4. And And to wrap it all up, in the NL, we have the NL West. The Dodgers are in first place at 4-2. Padres and the Diamondbacks are tied at 3-3. Giants are at 2-3. And and the Rockies are at 2-4. That is our standings battle. Let's start up in the American League. Daniel, what's going on in Boston right now? They're they're, they're scoring runs. It's just the defense right now, according to this run differential chart. Oh, I'm glad you asked. The starting rotation has been terrible. Um, We are really yet to get a true quality start still. We might have one or two. Um, The bullpen has been kind of inconsistent. You know, guys like Kyle Ort and Ryan Brazier blowing games is something I kind of wish this team had left in 2022 and really went and spent the money that the Boston Red Sox do in fact have, being the third most valuable franchise in the MLB. I wish they'd gone and spent some of that to uh, beef up the bullpen and maybe grab a quality ace or two because there was plenty of that on the free agent market. Uh, sure, in fact, was. Um, and... Still have some injuries. Um, maybe when we get Trevor Story back, that'll help the uh, infield a little bit because that's been a problem. Maybe Garrett Whitlock will provide a spark to the bullpen. But goodness gracious, man, this is my patience is wearing thin. As a Boston Red Sox fan, I'm just not used to mediocrity. I mean, you can't have everything. You have the Bruins and the Celtics. I want everything. I want the world. My brother in Christ. I'm, my two, my four, three of my four professional sports teams could very well get the number one overall pick in their drafts. Yikes. Could always be worse. Yeah, I guess I'll stop complaining. Uh, but, yeah, Tampa Bay has just been on fire recently. I mean, Rosarina is awesome. Just, he is so fire. With a team that just plays in the worst ballpark, just being that consistent. I mean, I mean, it, you get to draw people there somehow. So, a side note, what do you think it will finally take for the Rays to get that new park? I think winning the World Series would be a good Kickstarter. Yeah, I think that's. I think they've done everything else. It's got to be that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yankees four and two right now. Not it's really just been those close scoring games where they've not been able to succeed. You know what Rizzo playing first base for the Yankees reminds me of Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yeah, um, the Toronto Blue Jays have kind of gotten off to an average start. Um, same with the Baltimore Orioles, other than losing a series to the Red Sox to kick off the year. I was really hopeful when that happened because last year the Red Sox didn't win an AL East series until August, hmm. and they opened up the year with one this year. I was like, oh, it's going to be different, but no, it's the, the same. At least it has been so far. Moving on to the Central, the Guardians are at the top, kind of like what we expected right now. It's kind of shaping up to what we thought it would be early on the year, weekend. Sure. Um, not really anything surprising. I thought the White Sox would be doing a little bit better, but they're 500, and you're only three games in, so, or six games in, so all that really matters is just being 500 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the West, so the Jacob deGrom Texas Rangers are at the top. I think it might be a little similar to what the Mets were going through last year, but I think so too. But then the Angels, can they hold on and be near that top of that spot? What do you think? I would love to just be like, yes, 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 the Angels aren't going anywhere. However, I've been watching baseball for a long time, and I just don't see that happening. I think the other shoe's going to drop at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, National League now, Braves, the Bravos, 5-1. and one. 18 run differential, second, third highest in the league. They're getting. I think their only downfall will be if anything will be their pitching. Especially yeah, that, especially those relievers. They don't really have any like household names in their bullpen. Sure, um, but this lineup, you don't need top 10 pitching. I don't even know if you need top 15 pitching with how good their offense has been. Mm-hmm. Now that'll be a hindrance maybe when they get to October, but. Yeah. Not right, really right now. Um, everyone else in the NL East is not good. I mean, I didn't expect the Mets to be swept by the Brewers. No, that that was not my um, first week bingo card. Yeah, wasn't on mine either, really. Uh, the the Marlins really, the Phillies being one and five, I think is the most surprising thing so far. Coming off a World Series appearance, I just didn't really expect that. I think Bryce is, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Bryce is still coming back from an injury. Yep. Yeah, so that's still right there, and then. Expected the Nationals, uh, the Central, the Cardinals are two and four. Didn't really expect that to start the year either with the lineup they have. But when we want to talk about pitching, I think the starting pitching for the Cardinals—that's the—that's the thing. Oh yeah, um, you know, just definitely not what that unit's been for them lately. Um, I don't really know what's going on with Jack Flaherty. Um, when you, when you have Adam Wainwright as like your third best starting pitcher, there's yeah, a little that's bit. Just, that's a problem. That's a problem. Um, Miles Mikolas, Mikolas, he didn't really look amazing in his first start of the year, so I just don't really know what I'm, what to think. Mm. But then I got to think of like, so for the Cubs, um, I mean Stroman looked really good on opening day. We won against the Reds the other night with when Belger with all the stuff, but just. You just needed more consistency with the bats, I think, really. Just besides like Swanson and like I think Horner and no Swanson and Hap, we just really haven't had anything this year so far. If we can get production from a little bit from Bellinger, from Hosmer, from Horner. I mean, you could do something a little bit more. Just you don't really have like Hap's the last one, I think, from that World Series team. Hap and Hendricks are the last two from that I can really remember on that team. 
Besides, if you count David Ross, I don't know. Yeah, with the Red Sox 18 team, Devers and Sale are really it. And I forgot Sale was on there. I do too, but today is hashtag Sale Day. Uh, that's something that the Red Sox tweet out every time Chris Sale starts. And, you know, when you saw that in 2018 or 2019, it was a pretty hype day, Griggs. But now home runs are 50% off. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Did you hear a helicopter? Hmm? I thought I heard a helicopter in Auburn. I don't know. I just heard a helicopter outside the studio. Uh, I didn't hear anything. Oh, I might be hearing things. I thought I thought you were going into a bit for a second. Yeah, uh, the West. I mean, this is kind of how I, I thought it would be so far this year. This is how I thought it, it's going to shape out. Dodgers and Padres at the top. Everyone else kind of scrapping at the bottom. Yep. This was the most predictable division in Major League Baseball going into the year. I think so, too. And we're a weekend, and, you know, they're only, like, what, 30 weeks? No, that's too many. I don't know how many weeks of the season there are, but, you know, you can't go uh, undefeated without winning the first one. So we've won the first one. That is true. That is very, very true. As the Cam Young shanked that into the trees. No, he didn't. It's on the fairway. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um. But besides the Red Sox, you know, what's the one thing you're seeing through a week in the season that like really catches your eye? Um, probably the fact that the Marlins have looked competent. Hmm. Um, you know, right now they're tied for second in the NL East um, with the Mets at three and four, both two both uh, two and a half games back from the Atlanta Braves. And in that first series against the Mets, like they look solid, and they've cooled off a little bit. But I'm kind of interested to see. If they're able to, you know, make a run in a wild card spot this year, mm. yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, for me, well, we already talked about the Rays. Um, I'm gonna say, really, the Houston Astros, because besides losing Verlander, they really didn't lose too much besides Verlander and maybe um, um, he's on the Cubs now. I can't remember what's his name. Everyone, uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? What position? He was like the guy who had cancer. Oh, um, how am I blanking Mancini? on his name right now? No, Trey Mancini. I think that's what it is. I want to say that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, just they didn't really lose too much, so that's where it's kind of like I'm not really like I'm like they didn't lose anything. So what's going on there? I mean, they lost their best pitcher, the Cy Young winner, but you think in that West division? I mean, it's yeah, gonna it was be Trey Mancini. It's gonna be a little bit better, but. I just don't get why they're like kind of struggling right now. Just interesting little thing. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, that is gonna do it for our MLB talk. When we come back, we're talking Masters, baby. It is the greatest sports weekend of the year in the world of golf. So do not go anywhere. Masters talk coming right up. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle ninety-one point one FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg. It's been a loaded show today. We recapped the Final Four and gave some final thoughts on this year's college basketball season. After that, we talked about the NBA and the NHL. Then we went across the pond to talk some soccer. Then we talked about the NFL draft. Then we talked about Major League Baseball. And now we've got 30 minutes of Masters talk mixed in with sporadic Red Sox play-by-play by me. Yes, we are back at Augusta for the 87th annual Masters tournament. The favorite, of course, is 
former uh, Masters champion currently, Scotty Scheffler. He is the favorite currently. He has yet to tee off this week. Currently in first place at five under par is Victor Hovland, I believe, through the ninth hole. So he's just about to start the back nine. He's been playing outstandingly good golf today, followed in second by John Rahm after a double bogey on the first. He's made his way back up into sole possession of second at minus three after eagling on eight. So that's going to be an awesome thing to watch, having the way he's able to respond because he's one of the best in the world right and now. He just had a nice approach shot. Was that Hovland or Rom? Rom, okay. And then other people at the top is Stallings, Fred Couples, Shane Lowry, Xander Shoffley, Adam Scott, former Masters champion, Cameron Young, and Brooks Kepka all rounding out at two under so far this week. So it's still a little early in this tournament, but it's still a lot of action to have its way. People everywhere in Auburn will unfortunately not be paying too much attention today in class, myself really included. Uh, that was me in uh, Rocks for Jocks this morning. Better believe it. I, I can't really do it in my lab too much, so that's kind of upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I'll follow my watch. But anyway, Daniel, Augusta, you're, we're big dimple heads here. Oh, huge. What is it? What is it? What does this Masters Week mean to golf fans really everywhere? Um, well, obviously, it's it's the biggest tournament of the year. This is the Super Bowl of golf. Um, so all eyes are on it. You know, everyone, non-golf fans, watch this tournament because it is so special and it means so much to golf. Um, as far as like special things this year, Xander Sheffley could go back to back. Um, you mean Scotty Scheffler? Oh gosh, yes. You, you mixed up. You you meant to say Xander Shoffley. I've the, mixed up those two for years. No, I mixed up Shoffley and Oosthuizen for years. Those aren't even close to the same name. Oh no, they both sound South African, even though Shoffley's American. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. Also, I feel like Rory McIlroy is a big story. He's he's gonna be a big storyline going into the Masters every year until he wins it, because mm-hmm. you know that's what he needs to finish off the career Grand Slam. Um, so is this the year he makes some noise? I'm that's one thing I always watch, and we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, he's yet to tee off right now, but yeah, I think that Roy is a big storyline with that. And then also the story is the live guys. Sure. So the live guys coming in, not really a lot of talk about the big names in live, except Brooks Kepka last week winning the live open in Orlando, and he's now back into it. He's two under currently through five holes, so. With I think a lot of the live talk has kind of died down a lot this week. It's whoever said it was true. It was a lot of media stuff, kind of drum up headlines, get yeah. some get some quotes from journalists like yourself and me. Not really me, but um, I think once they got on the course, I mean Brooks. I think Brooks was talking about it because yeah, I play practice rounds with like uh, JT and all these stuff and all this just kind of stuff. So. I think once they all got back together, it's good. And I think it's good for some of these lip guys because, like, I like some of the lip guys. I like Brooks Kepka. I like Harold Varner III. I like some of them. I mean, I didn't think – I think the one golfer who I didn't really understand who went there that early was Cam Young – or Cam Smith just because he was so young. I feel like it was mainly – a lot of the people who went to live, I thought, had a lot of, like, issues with the PGA Tour, or at least the guys in the beginning. Brooks, uh, Bryson, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Dustin Johnson – but, yeah, that's the one that kind of confused me the most. And he's probably the best 
I don't want to say best golfer to live because Dustin Johnson still is really good, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, I know what you're trying to say. Is Chris Sale's first four pitches uh, put a man on first base because he doesn't have any control of his slider anymore. But, um, yeah, Brooks Kepka's very good. Dustin Johnson's very good. Um, I feel like Kepka, if Kepka could somehow put it together this week, um, I feel like that would just do a lot for his career. It would kind of get, and I know he's won majors, but I feel like that would get him back to the level where he was in 2018 and 2019. And I, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. That could happen. I mean, it's not. I mean, Brooks, the talk forever has been he always shows up in the majors. I mean, he won, he had that one stretch where he was legit one of the best golfers in the world. Yeah, I'll never forget the 2019 season. It felt like the last grouping every Sunday all year was Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka. And just other, like, names talking about, like, I mean, Tigers has not been great today. I think that's putting it nicely. I think he's, he's struggling. He's plus two right now. I mean, but the course has been kind of forgiving as Tiger gets into the bunker. Um, we're seeing a lot of um, under par a little bit earlier. Like, I don't know. what the course As the course gets um, – it's supposed to rain a lot this weekend, so we could get a Masters finish on a Monday, which would not be fun. No. But with the court, course conditions being it's softer with the rain stuff, I think it could be more of like a 2020 where Dustin Johnson won, where it's a lot of like uh, soft greens, able to get up and down pretty easily, balls not rolling as much as you need it, as much as you – you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I do. As the Red Sox pitching manager, pitching coach is coming out of the dugout. This is ridiculous. Oh, and Shoffley almost shipped in. Oh, my goodness. Looks like Tiger shot in 05. Wow. But then again, just the Masters just brings so much of this stuff. I mean, I've never been able to go. I really want to go. It's all my, It's like hmm, anything on my sports bucket list I've already completed, I would give it back if I could go to the Masters. I think for me, I want to go to Old Trafford first and then the Masters. But I think that's just how I kind of I'm thinking about it right now. Sure, but no, that's valid. But yeah, just even if it was for a practice round, I really wouldn't care. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I would be over the moon for a chance. I think we talked about this. The other, I think we had someone on when we talked about. Would you rather have go, uh, to I think at the Masters for I forgot the question what it was. Get seats at the Masters. Get tickets to the Masters every or for one year, but for every day, or would you rather get like tickets to any golf event you wanted? What would you do for like you get any weekend tickets for any golf major besides the Masters? You get Masters tickets for a year, you get every day, or you get a golf major every year. What would you do? Masters, because because I could still just buy the others, right? Yeah, I just. For me, I don't know. Tickets to the Open would be interesting. Yeah, but the the thing with golf is the tickets really aren't that bad. Except for this one. Oh yeah, for this though, it's buying a ticket on the secondary market. You're talking about a thousand bucks for a practice round. Um, but like for the U.S. Open, you can go like get a grounds ticket relatively cheap. I remember I went to P- the PGA when it was in Charlotte every day. But I think Tuesday and Saturday. I'm pretty sure. That was that was the most. I'm so glad they moved the PGA up because that was the most humid week ever. As did 
I think Hovland might have just had a long birdie putt. Oh my gosh, he did. He Victor Hovland is on fire. He shot a 31 on the front nine. He's already got a birdie on the back nine. He's at six under a three-stroke lead. Wow. That's all I can say. Now, the thing also is holding a lead for this long in the Masters can sometimes get the players. Yeah, like Jordan Spieth in 2016 where you uh, quadruple bogey Golden Bell. Yeah. But six under through 11 holes is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Like, that is great golf. But the question is now, like, some of the big names haven't started yet. Roy's not teed off. Scotty's not teed off. All these other stuff. Just, I think it's a big thing to get to a lead out so people can see in the clubhouse, like, hey, we know what we have to do now. Put pressure on them. Don't put pressure on yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I would agree. And just, he's doing what he needs to do. And we'll see if it continues. Oh, Tiger, it, it's sad, man. Oh, yeah, I hate it. I, I really wish he was playing good, but he's three over through 11 holes. He just bogeyed the fifth, or the 11th, I mean. Um, now he'll head to the most famous hole in the course, Golden Bell, the 12th hole par three. And that has made players masters. It has broken players masters. I think also the thing you got to realize with Tiger is – I saw someone tweet. I think it was Dan Rappaport at Barstool. It was like, you can't replicate preparing for a tournament on like in your backyard and stuff like the way he does. Like, before he won the Masters in nineteen, he played like five tournaments beforehand. Yeah. You just can't replicate that real like competition golf experience. No. You just can't do it, and that that's showing right here. It's showing he's three over through eleven, and I imagine you got to be around that plus one spot to make the weekend. Yeah. Um, I put my bet for the cut line to be plus two. And hmm. if I'm right, right now he's out of that. Yeah, I mean, just you need him to be right. Like, golf is better when Tiger Woods good. I've never been sure. the biggest Tiger fan, per se, but just golf is better. I mean, look at this crowd for him. Oh, yeah. Like, did you see the practice round pictures from the other day, too? I it's did. unbelievable. The Monday. It mm-hmm. was insane. There he is, getting his chapstick on. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe he just needs some chapstick. It's the chapstick the difference. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll do some live commentary of uh, this drive right here. You're ahead of me. But just the other stuff with the course, I mean, if it goes to a rain delay, I think that's the worst-case scenario. Agreed. Just no one wants to see that. No. Like, just the fact that, like, I don't know. Like, I would skip my classes on a Monday to watch the Masters, but I don't want to have to get to that point, if that makes sense. Sure, I get it. Um, luckily for me, I only have a class at 8 and a class at 9. Then I could watch until my lab at 1. I go 9, 10, 11. Oof. Yeah, not fun. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do as academic scholars as ourselves. Oh, wow. Hovland just really, he had a good shot um, is he off just, the tee. Is he just cooking right now? Yeah, he, he had, he's almost stuck it on um, Golden Bell, mm-hmm. which is hard to do. And I think Tiger's going to go next. He needs this. I think Shoffley because he – That's has, right. He did better on the last hole. Yeah. Just someone's uh, – I think it was um, Justin Hokinson – or no, not uh, Ferguson who said uh, Hovland looks like he's wearing an exploded watermelon. <laughs> that's funny. But as they're crossing the, – um, they're starting to, to get to the backside of Amen corner. Just Tiger needs something here. Birdie Bad. would be massive here. He needs something in the worst way. Mm, true. But – I guess we'll go to the next break, and then we'll talk about who we think is going to win the Masters in the next round. 
Yeah, let's do so. that. Yeah, we're going to cut to a break. We come back. We'll give some of our master predictions as me and Daniel just fanboy over golf. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. The normal intro music does not really fit the vibe of Augusta National Golf Club. So dun, 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 dun. CBS Sports proudly presents this F. The final round of the Masters. Sorry, I've just been hearing that on my story. I might take talk too much. It's the Eagle, Eagles Nest back again for our last re- regular segment of the show. We're talking Masters predictions. Let's just go ahead and get right into it. Daniel, who is going to – Who do you? Oh, let's start with this one. We talk about it much. Which live player do you think is going to finish the best on the leaderboard, even though we've already started the Masters? <laughs> um, it's either going to be Brooks Kepka or Dustin Johnson, and I'm pretty confident in either answer. Uh, that's just kind of where I'm at with those two. Um. I think Kepka will do better. Uh, Kepka hasn't been bad so far, but DJ hasn't teed off yet. Mm. You know, uh, he won a Masters. Some people say it's legitimate. Some people don't. I do not. You do not. I don't really think so either. Um, but yeah, I just I think it'll be Brooks. I really do. I don't think it'll be Brooks. Uh, or like, how about this? Or I know. Or I'll bring. I'll come. I'll circle back to this in a second because it's not relevant to the live thing. I'm going to go, I think, Brooks. I mean, he's already started. We've already seen him. He's already two under. But just the fact that he won that last week is pretty big. I think it would be a big thing for Cam Young also to do well. Or mm-hmm. Cam Smith. Sorry, I confused the two. Um, I think it would be important for him, just his confidence. Just like, did he make the right decision? Did he not? Because I don't think if he doesn't win the Open, he's here. Right, he's on live right now. Sure. I think that would be big. I think DJ as well. Just, he's always played well here. And I don't know. Maybe Bubba. Maybe Bubba comes out and surprises us. Who knows? Hey, that would be awesome. Um. All right. M- surprising pick for you to finish in the top ten, Daniel. Okay. Um. I don't know if this is surprising, but I'm gonna go with Tommy Fleetwood. Mm. A top five major th- or a top five finish, three majors in a row, Griggs. He. You talk about showing up on majors. Cam Fleetwood. Darn it. Tommy Fleetwood's mm-hmm. one of those guys. So give me Fleet. Who do I think is gonna f- surprising finish in the top ten? Huh. Not yet. That is the million dollar question. Um, you know what? I'm just looking through these names real quickly. Um, um, yeah. Let's go with. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll go with him. Kevin Kistner. Interesting. Best finish. He's tied for 11th right now. His best Masters finish is a uh, tie for 21st back in 2019. I think he could do it. I mean, he's been playing some good golf recently, I believe. So that'd be cool if he could do that. I agree. It's t- oh, that would have been huge if Tiger made that. Oh, um, yeah. All right. Who do you think is going to be the 36-hole leader? Um, Even though we already know what's going on right now. but It's either going to be Victor Hovland, John Rahm, or Cam Young. Hmm. Going uh, with the top three right now. Yeah. Um. Hovland will for sure, unless he just collapses today, which I don't think will happen, he'll be the leader going into tomorrow. Um, I feel like that's just kind of a given at this point. Uh, He's playing amazing. And then I don't even think we'll have to really have a crazy day tomorrow to maintain. He'll just have to get a few birdies, um, and I think he'll be good. Yeah, I could see that. Um, All right, let's go now. Or who do I think? Um. I think it's going to be Hovland, Rom, or Scheffler. Just being cutthroat. Just being like. I mean, we see it in the Masters. You could play really good on Thursday and then just not do well on the next day. Sure. As he's going to par Golden Bell. 
But yeah, I think it's gonna be one too, because just because we have not seen Scotty yet, and Scotty just d- dominated this course last year. He didn't even make it close on Sunday. Um, what else other little things we can add into this? All right, who finishes higher, Phil or Tiger? Oh man, um, Phil's I think even right now so far. I I want to say Tiger, but I don't think it's gonna be him. I think it's gonna be Phil. Does Phil make the cut then? Is that the no. question? Okay, you don't think they're both going to make the cut? No. Neither. I don't think, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm starting to lean more towards Phil, but who knows? He could, I mean, his best live finish was tied 17th, so. Right. Could and be. And he's making an insane amount of money to do that. As Scotty's about to tee off, playing today with, I believe. Jordan Speed. Jordan Speed, and who else? Sam Bennett? Yep. Imagine being Sam Bennett in that group. Just a who are you guy. Well, he is the U.S. Actually, no, it's Max Homa, not Jordan oh, Spieth. Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, as I'm a big fan of Max Homa, the spicy meatball, and Sam Bennett, the U.S. 2022 amateur champion. As Scotty's wearing a green polo today, back there with some blue pants, wearing green on the first day. Pretty, 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 I don't know what's the word to describe it. Pretty intense. He knows what he wants. Sure. He wants to repeat that. Um, But, all right. Let's get into who do you think the final pairing is going to be on Sunday? Okay. We'll do who you who you think and then who you want. Okay. Who I think? Hmm. I'm going to go John Rom and I'm going to go Scotty Scheffler. That is who I think the final pairing will be. Who I want? Rory McIlroy, just because I love Grand Slams, and I think it would be really cool to see him get that. And Jordan Spieth. Uh, Jordan Spieth is my favorite golfer on tour. And I really hope, I would love to see him kind of get back in the 2015-2016 form. And I think that could start today. For me, who I think, I don't, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Scheffler and Hovland. I think Hovland okay. will do enough there. I think Scheffler might be the um, – hold on, what is it? Um, the 54-hole leader, but I think those two will be there. Um, and then who I want it to be, I think it would be cool if there was like a Will Zalatoris, Max Homa thing. Those are my two, two of my favorites. That would be cool. i like to see that. Um, but yeah, I just want a competitive weekend. We didn't really have that too much on Sunday last year with just Scheffler really just running away with the tournament there. Just no one really making it there. I guess you could say that Rory kind of cut it close there near the end, but Scheffler really just didn't like, just didn't have, you, you could play par golf and be okay. Sure. That's what I'm thinking. And then what else? We have a little bit more time than we thought. Um, just looking through other names. Um, Fred Couples still one under is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I hope Fred Couples makes the cut. That'd be cool. Um, Zach Johnson, the U.S. Ryder Cup captain for, I believe, this year. Is the Ryder Cup this year? Uh, I believe so. Yes, Zach Johnson, the Ryder Cup captain for the United States. Didn't expect him to still be one under, but here we are. He could potentially make the cut. Yeah. Um... It's always good to see the, the U.S. guys do really good. And hopefully that kind of continues here, and maybe we'll get an American winner for a back-to-back year. 
which oh another question which international player do you think finishes highest I mean right now it'd be really easy to say Victor Hovland or John Rom um uh Hovland from Norway Rom from Spain so one of those two would probably be my pick Oh no Will Zalatoris retired Huh Will Zalatoris is uh withdrawn Oh hurt i am you say why i am very hurt that that is not very nice of them to have happen is he okay no he's okay he's just, i don't i think it's probably still something with his back oh i imagine that's gotta really really suck yeah just yeah he hasn't he had an injury so and chris sale gives up a home run to a guy i've never even heard of so now we're just really just getting a sad here on this podcast now it's all all sadness is coming at us left and right rogers hits a two-run shot i don't even know who that is dag flavitt and chris sales up on the mound kicking it like that's gonna do better like no just pitch better oh man he just threw a meatball right over the middle of the plate i don't know what he was thinking was gonna happen there Whatever. Oh, man. I digress. I'm just upset, man. I was really hoping Will could turn around and be good after that back. I just, apparently that back injury is just still bothering him. Maybe he'll be good to go for the RBC Heritage next week. I mean, I mean, maybe. I mean, you got to do something, I think. I love the RBC Heritage, but I just can't help but feeling like that's the saddest week in golf. Because the Masters is over for a year. It's a great course too. Oh, I love it. It is a. I love. It. I've driven. I have. Uh, play. I've been. Um, my friend has a house near there, so I've stayed there before. Not when it was being played, but seeing it like there. It's a really cool course in the background scenery, and Hilton Head's really nice. Yeah, I wish they could play there a different weekend and play somewhere that th- the players don't like the week after the Masters. I think it's also why they increased the purse for that tournament. Mm-hmm. Just so some guys like. Who finished like top fifteen will have some ambition to play. Like obviously the Masters winner is never gonna really play that, but yeah. you know, just a little bit of that. But all right, let's get into who do we think, Daniel. Let's go top three. Top three on Sunday. Okay. Who do you think's gonna win? I'm gonna go Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, and surprise pick Jordan Spieth to win. Sure. Awesome. I mean, it is on Easter. The thing, the talk has been all week that Jordan wins on Easter. Yep. So there's that. But for me, I'm going to go Rom third, Scheffler second, and winning his first Masters, Roy McIlroy. Really? I think this could be the year. Yeah, I mean. I hope so. The old is built up. Like, he's probably still the only one kind of, like, Using that live stuff as motivation, I think, going into it. But, yeah, I think he can do it. I know Chris Sale won't win the Masters. I, as, as neither will I. <laughs> we No one on the Eagles Nest will win the Masters this week. That is a fact. Maybe next year. Maybe somehow I get an automatic qualifier. Who knows? Yeah, you never know what can happen. I could buy EA Sports and play the Masters and win. Who knows? Yeah. Even though I've never played it before. But, yeah, I'm just still upset about the Will Zalatoris thing. Like, that really is unfortunate, but hopefully he's uh, getting some good back care. Hopefully, hopefully. but Maybe the best chiropractor in the world. 
he better, man, because I don't want his career to get go bad. But is there anything else we can talk about? Um, hmm, I'm trying to think of any storylines we haven't really brought up yet. Um, we already talked about the weather. We already talked about. We can talk about thirteen being longer yet. Sorry about that. It's par five. Closes out Amon Corner. They moved the tee box back, I think, 35 yards. So I think so, yeah. Seeing a lot of guys now lay up instead of going three wood. I think Tiger said three wood to a four iron on the green. So As my swing coach once said, no laying up. No laying up, as I have to remove Will Zaltoris from my home screen. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right, Cam Young, you're up. <laughs> but, yeah, just – 13, I think it's going to be interesting to see how, like, guys play. I mean, you had the practice rounds. They're not like they're going into it brand new. The new hole positions could be interesting, though. I'm not – do they keep the same hole positions at the Masters each single year? Like, Thursday will be the same Thursday for each year? I think so, yeah. I'd imagine that's what they did. But, yeah, but still just upsetting. It's sad, but, you know, um, I'm glad he's not, you know, rushing it because you don't want to hurt it worse. So he's taking time he needs, and then maybe he'll be good to go next week in Hilton Head. Maybe, but I digress. But that is going to do it for our talk on the Masters. When we come back, it's everyone's favorite segment. It's who you got. Daniel and I will give our picks on the world of sports this weekend, and we'll talk about a little bit. We have not talked all, all today, but A-Day. You're coming When you come back, it's the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke, Griggs Blankenberg in here as well. Tiger Woods is three over par. And Griggs is still sad about Will's outdoors, but nonetheless, we move on. It is time for Who You Got, the last segment of the show, the show segment we use every single week. Last week, Daniel unfortunately went four and six. I went six and four, so these standings are now at 50 40 and I am at for Daniel and I am at 54 and 36. So let's jump right into it. This is your first Saturday's games. Rangers at Cubs at Wrigley Field. Daniel, who you got? Give me the Cubbies. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cubs as well. As long as it's not DeGrom, I don't think it's DeGrom for Saturday, but I'm going to go with them. Next up, we got the Red Sox and the Tigers at what's their name of this, the Tigers team? Oh, uh, Comerica. Comerica Park. That's what I was thinking. I was about to mix it up with, um, uh, What's the Ray Stadium's name? Tropicana. I was about to somehow mix that up. But nonetheless, Daniel, who you got? I'm going to go with the Sox. Probably not my best uh, decision, but Sox. I'm going to go with the Tigers. I just need to see something from the Sox. Understandable. Sure. Padres at the Bravos at Truist Park this Saturday. Daniel, who you got? Um, Give me the Braves. I'm going to go with the Padres. Just... Getting cooking at the right time, I think they could do this well because again, this is the this is the year where it matters. Like other other years, you just yeah, you need something this week to go right for them. Agreed. Blue Jays at the Los Angeles Angel Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Daniel, you got? Give me the Angels, man. Um, they've been looking good, and I'm gonna keep riding with them till I can't anymore. Same. I will get going the Angels as well. Final game of the MLB slate. We had the Mariners at the Guardians. Daniel, you got? Hmm. Give me Cleveland. Hmm. In the words of LeBron, Cleveland, this is for you. I will be taking the <laughs> Cleveland Guardians as well. Now, getting into our NBA action. It's coming down the wire, and it starts on Friday night where the Warriors are taking on the Sacramento Kings. Daniel, 
You got this one's at the beautiful Golden One Center. Give me Sacramento. I will be going with the Warriors. Steph Curry, Charlotte guy. I think this is the worst thing, like where the seeding won't matter. They could get like the sixth seed and end up winning. I would not be surprised. That's just the way these makeups are built for tournament. I'm going with the Warriors. Next up, we got these Suns at the Lakers. Suns still yet to clinch. The Lakers still trying to make sure they don't have to play in the play-in. Daniel, who you got? Give me the Suns. Bounce back opportunity right here today. Or tomorrow, rather. Yes, I'll be going with the Suns as well. They're still a really good team. And, yeah, I think they could do it. So give. Ooh, Cam Young just sails it over to Greed and ends up in the beach. Mm. Yeah, not a great day for the weight guys. Mm-mm. Not at all. Makes me sad. And Patrick Reed's over three and a half birdies. Oh well. But never more. Never mind. Um, yeah, I got the Suns as well. Grizzlies at the Bucks. Bucks best record in the NBA confirmed. Daniel, you got. So I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I kind of was thinking going with the Grizzlies because the Bucks might be in rest mode at this point now that they've clinched everything. Um, in fact, actually, I'm gonna change. It. I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies. Sounds good. I will be still going with, um, yeah, I just want, yeah, I think it's going to be the Grizzlies as well. I mean, kind of like the same mantra as you were thinking. Bucks might start resting some people now, but, yeah. Final game of the NBA slate, it is the Knicks at the Pelicans. Daniel, you got? Give me the Knicks, man. The Pelicans are trash, and the Knicks are really good. I'm going to go with the Knicks as well, so. I, yeah, I just think the Knicks are still fighting to make sure that everything's smooth sailing going in. All right, final game of the day. We have the Auburn offense versus the Auburn defense because this Saturday is A-Day. A-Day on the Plains. If you do not know the format, I believe the defense will be starting off with a score of 24 to nothing. That means they have to hold the offense to under 24 points in 60 minutes with no timeouts in a running clock, I think, the entire time. So that would be interesting. It will be different, interesting than different, uh, different spring games for other teams. Yeah, and um, the defense can add more points via pick sixes or scooping scores. So I'm interested in this, Griggs. This is either going to be beautiful or this is going to be a clunker. So I guess we're going to see. guess we will have to see. You said you're going defense? Defense wins championships. I, I'm going to be going with – I'm going to go with the defense too, just – I just think it's going to be the defense, like because you have that, you have that head start, and the defense is the stronghold a little bit still. I mean, even though you did lose three guys to the draft now, but you know what I'm trying to say it's just yeah, it's going to be hard for that offense still that we've not really heard out of camp that the quarterbacks are there yet, and that's why it's kind of like talking in that regard. As JT is in the beach as well, I didn't know he wore like a black arms armband on his left arm. He doesn't normally wear that. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's interesting. But I'm going to go with the defense as well. But that is all we have time for our show today. We want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for allowing me and Daniel to talk golf a little bit more than usual. Next week we'll be back with the regular show, 11 to 1 on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch it on the podcast after the show. But until next week, for Daniel Locke, I'm Greg Swankenberg. This has been the Eagles Nest on the Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great Masters weekend and a great Easter weekend. And War Eagle!
Thank you for tuning in to the Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at the Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagle's Nest. See you next week. Thank you.